Hello, and welcome to the Hidden Worlds podcast, where we talk about the experiences of art and magic and the search for meaning. I'm your host, J.S. Groves, author, artist, sorcerer, and madman. Uh, this week, we are talking to Margaret Bratt, a bench jeweler, wax carver, lapidary, and all-around mad genius. I worked with Margaret at Vulcan's Forge for my first two years before she went on in search of adventure elsewhere, and I'm really excited to be able to talk to her more about her art and passion. Uh, before we get started, though, I do need to apologize to one and all because this episode is coming out far, far later than I wanted or anticipated. Um, October got away from me. So did November. This was supposed to come out before Thanksgiving, specifically. Uh, due to some references to the holiday in the uh, interview. But that didn't happen. Uh, so I'm sorry, my bad, and I will do better... Uh, to release content more consistently in the future. Uh, with that out of the way, then, um, let us uh, proceed to the show uh, with Margaret Bratt, Mad Genius. Margaret, welcome to the show. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in jewelry? Do you have any other arts that I don't know about? Um, everything. If there's an art supply, I've tried it. Um, I was one of those people that when I was tiny, a little bitty kid, my mom would say, um, here's a pencil and paper, here's crayons, go play. And I would disappear. I would create my own little world and I would create my own animals, my own things. And I, and so when people joke, you know, it's sure I live in my own world, but it's okay. Everybody knows me there. It's because I literally created my own worlds. So I've done painting, I've done sketching, I've done ceramics, I've done glass. I, I play in all of it. I, I settled to jewelry, though, um, because I went with one of my friends uh, and her mother one day. We were going to the grocery store, and we got halfway to the grocery store. My friend's mom looked up in the rearview mirror and goes, oh, I don't have my earrings on, oh my God. And we literally turned around and went back home because she had to get her earrings. She felt naked. And so when we got back to their house... I, I was like, okay, so what can you tell me about the painting in your hallway? And she goes, well, what painting in my hallway? I says, the one you walk past at least 15, 20 times a day. What do you know about it? She goes, ah, it looked good on the wall. Okay. And then I thought about like graphics work. And I thought, okay, so you do a graphic and it shows up in your mail and you look at it. And, you know, so-and-so is having a sale and you throw it in the garbage. Not what I want to do either. So I thought, I want to make the pieces that people will turn around and drive back home for. I want the, oh my God, I'm naked. Um, I want the pieces that nobody fights over grandma's painting, but they will fight over her rings. Mm. I said, that's what I want to do. That's my art. That's awesome. That makes a lot of sense. I uh, have at, at times justified my decision to stay in jewelry when possibly fleeing to another industry might serve me better as like, but there's always going to be a need to size a ring. Absolutely. You, you are, people are always going to want their chains fixed. They always want their earrings fixed. They're, they're all... They are always going to want new jewelry with which to say, I love you, or I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that's how they express themselves. Yeah. They wear something that says who they are. Mm -hmm. We wear our clothes to define mm -hmm. who we are. We wear our jewelry to accessorize our clothes mm -hmm. to define who we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, jewelry, costume, body modification, core to human as long as we go back. We ornament ourselves. We look yeah. at, we look in the pool of water, the mirror, and we go, I can do better than that. So let's put some earrings on it, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. 
that's what we do. <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's a that, that that I hadn't quite thought about it that way. Like people will turn around and drive miles back for a piece of jewelry they forgot. Yeah. For just as like for just going to the store, let alone going to an event. As if no, because nobody's gonna know. You don't know your earrings on. Who's gonna know? I mean, nobody's gonna go. Oh my god, look at her. She's never earrings on. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quick, get the newspaper. You know, no, it, <laughs> it's it's not a thing. But it's your personal, her personal view of herself was not to standard. It was not okay. And like I said, that that's those are the pieces that you make that that last forever. Yeah. So, having decided to make jewelry, how do you decide what jewelry to make? Oddly enough, the pieces that I make tend to reflect where I'm at in my life at my moment. Um, and that seems weird, but like, um, when I got my divorce 15 years ago, 14 years ago, mm-hmm. 15 years ago, shortly before my divorce, I, I made a Kali design. And as I'm working on her, you know, I was, I was thinking of all the things that were going through my head and I'm, and I'm, and I'm frustrated and the subject matter sort of chooses me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sat down one day, I was like, okay, I'm gonna make a pendant or something. And, and all of a sudden I was like. I saw a, a modernistic Kali. So I saw a profile of a woman with a long tongue and, and a skull earring instead of a skull necklace, you know. Hmm. And so and she had kind of the spiked hair of flames, sort of. So she had like this little punk rock thing going on. And so I made her. And about a week later, I was getting a divorce. And I was like, well, look at you, you know, <laughs> kind of manifesting. That, 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 that is what we call a sign. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. That, and. That... But more than that is, is it was like, it was almost, it, it kind of let me know where my headset was at. It let me know mm-hmm. how I was feeling without, without even, like I said, sometimes they choose me. Um, there's a, there's a story about a, a lady who's a poet and she said that the poetry lives in the wind. And so what happens is, um, it, as it comes through the wind, if it touches you and you're a poet, you're going to sit down and write it down. But she said she found herself in the field one day working on her farm and this poem rushed over her like this gust of wind. And she's like, oh my God. And she runs back to her house as fast as she can. By the time she got there, all she had was the last word of the poem. And she remembered and she said she literally felt like she was pulling it backwards through the air. And then she wanted putting it down on paper. And sometimes that's how an inspiration is. It's like, it's like you'll get this flash and, and you're like, why am I making this? And why, why this particular piece? And most of my designs, I like to create anthropomorphic creatures where they're human and an animal. And so I think about what does that totem animal mean? Who, you know, um, case in point is I, I, I have a design that I haven't made yet, but she's on the menu somewhere um, of a woman who's a hermit crab. Because you see mermaids and stuff, but she's mm-hmm. she's a little hermit crab. So I'm thinking, okay, so she's a, she's a crab. So crustacean, Cancerian people tend to be very um, home oriented. That's their that's their fortress. So I kind of imagine her, she might have a subscription to uh, better reefs and tide pools, and that she has her little her little shell. And I kind of imagine her with one human hand and one little pincer, and maybe she goes in the in the reefs and stuff, and she rearranges the coral. And she's like, okay, this is a little taller. I'll put a little anemone here, and, a little, and she kind of. So that's who she would be as as a creature. So it would it would touch someone, who may or may not be a Cancerian by nature, but maybe who has a strong sense of of home, someone who prefers to decorate, or maybe they just like crabs. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> but I see her in my head, and periodically I think I'm gonna get to her at some point. Right on. <laughs> right on. 
this is why I have this podcast. That is not how my brain works at all. And it fascinates me how different artists conceptualize different things. Um, so much of my own work is like projects that I've had for so long, I can't remember where they came from. And there's things that spin off of them, but it... Oh, no, I have so, those too. <laughs> I have those uh, too. And, and, and just fascinating. So uh, you've talked about uh, a little bit about... Um, like uh drawing inspiration from where you're where you're feeling in a moment or uh the the trying to like uh, a unique combination of things and trying to extrapolate out from there you've also uh in our some of our previous conversations talked about uh drawing inspiration from uh, myths and legends and folklore in mm -hmm. particular right now you're wearing one of your many dragon pieces yep yep uh, and I know that you uh, have uh, done a really amazing Gorgon design. Talk to me about that a little bit. How how about how you find inspiration in stories? Well, I find that most stories that have been told have been told and told and told and told and told. Um, sometimes to the point where some people go, "Oh my gosh, I get it," and they and they recognize and they they empathize with that person or archetype. I, I really enjoy making the things that are not the expected of them. Like a lot of people, like my dragons, for example, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, um, most people, they say, oh my gosh, you make dragons. And they immediately think gnarly, grumbly. And, it, and so when I draw a dragon, they're like, no, I want a dragon as teeth and his fangs and dripping blood from his... And I don't see them that way. I never have. No, your, your dragons have a very sleek, graceful aesthetic. The reason, okay, my particular fascination for, for dragons comes from, um, I don't see them as monsters. Um, I was once told a story a long time ago about how, like in the Garden of Eden, that it was not a, a tree of knowledge. It was an orchard of knowledge. There were multiple trees. And that each tree had its, each piece of knowledge was a different variety of knowledge and that each tree was uh, had its own personal gardener and each gardener was a dragon and it lived in said tree. So what would happen is the the, the you know a dragon of this would live there and he, and he would tend to the to the trees every need. So the particular tree in question in the Garden of Eden was the knowledge of, of opposites. Mm. And that's where the trouble starts because then suddenly there's me and you there's up and down. And so instead of just this blissful ignorance, suddenly the, the, the tree of the knowledge of opposites meant that there's a division and it creates the God and no God. It creates man and woman. It creates right and wrong. And so what happens then is God was like, oh my gosh, what have you done? You have now, you have now broken everything into a dichotomy. Now there's not a unified garden. Now there's now there's plants and animals and you know all of this stuff. So he ripped the dragon out of the tree and pulled off his his legs and said, you know, you will never stand of your own. You will now be humbled. You'll be you'll be down. And you will take and he ripped his arms off and said, you will now no longer be able to create or write of your own kind. You will crawl on your belly and you will remember what you've done. Well, and ripped off his wings as well. So he could not see the higher picture, but he would only know that which was right in front of him. Now, serpents have always been the keepers of knowledge or, or the symbols of wisdom. So what happens for me is the dragons for me are the serpents of wisdom and knowledge 
that never were involved in the sin of the exploration of the dichotomy. They're the, they're the keeper of the tree before everything was broken into pieces. That's why they're not mean. That's why they're not angry. That's why they're not this horrible monster is because they literally are pre-break. They're, they're before the broken. That's fascinating. I haven't, I'm, that's a version I haven't heard. That's really cool. <laughs> um, so you have a very intense relationship with dragons. I do. Um, I am also a giant dragon fan. I, I am, though they're one of the things that I really enjoy seeing different takes on. So I don't have an intense personal take so much as a fascination with all of the possibilities. Well, they tend to be guardians. They tend, the, I mean, temples and whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's that's their kindredness to the serpent, to the keeper mm-hmm. of wisdom. The temples are places of wisdom. And so mine are the same version. They're just not angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take away my wings. I'll show you. I'm just going to growl and spit, you know, venom. No, pre-Prozac or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that. There's that. Um, so having worked with you, um, I also know that you draw a certain amount of inspiration from identifying technical challenges and finding solutions to them. How is that sort of inspiration different from the other kind? How, to, how does it feel different in, in particular? Um, well, when I put on my little white lab coat and make all mad scientist about it, um, there are things that I have thought about because jewelry is something that has been so intrinsic to human evolution it was once told it was once said to me that um, what has ever been made has been made again and again and again we, we keep reinventing the wheel again and again um, there is no new no jewelry is new so what I have what I try to do is say okay so but technology is evolving mm-hmm. so sometimes I think what do I have now that they didn't have before and I look at the problems you know and and people are always you know grousing one thing about another about their jewelry I can't put on my own bracelet you know, so that's why I came up with the bracelet to have a hair tie that holds mm-hmm. it together. Because people are, it solves the problem of, I can't fasten my own clasps, the toggles fall off, a cuff bracelet is rigid and, and hurtful to get on. What else can I do? And I thought, well, how, and if you use beads on a, on a, on a like a, an elastic string, you've got six months and it snaps and your beads go everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I want to make something that solves a problem. So what I tend to do is I look at something I'm like, how can I do something better? How can I do something different? Um, what technology do I have access to that they didn't used to have? That's something that um, working with, I'm making a little firefly that lights up because I want to make a firefly and I thought I want it to be able to blink. And so I found a YouTube video where a guy made a pair of earrings and he had this teeny tiny microprocessor. And so I went and bought some because, you know, internet. And I have now soldered those to little LEDs, and then I put those to little wires, and I've put the little watch battery between them, and it lights up. So then I had to program it, so I got an Arduino and put it to my laptop, and I got all, like I said, mad scientist about it. Figured out how to make it blink at the right thing. So now, uh, then I encased that in resin to hold it all together. So now I have to build the Firefly to hold this thing, but it's going to blink when it's done. Because having something that was just gold and silver and looked like a firefly wasn't enough. I wanted, I wanted something also, and as weird as this is going to sound, by my, by my nature, my internal nature, I'm also painfully shy. And I know you're like, what? No. But I don't, I have, I have an inner shell. You know, might be surprised by that. 
But um, sometimes I prefer that my jewelry be the kind of things that somebody will come up and, co and start the conversation so I don't have to. And so part of it is if I make a pendant that is a firefly that is going blinkity, 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 I can guarantee you somebody's going to come up to me and go, what is that? Where did you get it? Oh my God. Instant conversation. I don't have that awkward, hi, um, I make things. And no, I'm right in the limit. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Going, going different. Uh, going a little deeper than that, rather. Um, what? what does it? Uh, what does it feel like to make your art? When, like, when you're when you're engaging the stories, or when you're engaging the, uh, the the technical problems. What does that? What does that feel like? When I'm working on a new thing, when I'm when I'm when I'm solving a problem, like the hair tie bracelets, mm -hmm. that's fun because it it feels. I literally feel like a mad scientist thing. I, you know, I think, hmm, I need to make a thing. I wonder if I could build a prototype out of Play-Doh and then see if it works. And then, so I will build something, you know, whatever. But, so that's kind of fun because then I get to experiment. But when, I, when I'm working on something that I know what I'm making, it's almost like I hit a Zen state and I wake up on the other side with everybody else. Um, there are some times when I'm sitting at my bench and I'm like, I have this idea in my head it's going to kind of look like this, but nothing that I have ever made starts out looking like the happy idea it started as. Everything has changed and morphed as it's being made. And part of that is when, you know, it, you, you look at it for so long, you go, you know, this would be better if I changed it this way. Um, but part of it, too, is just that um, the art... Some artists will tell you that it, that art is not the that we are more the vessels for art as a divinity, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that's that happens. Sometimes I sit down and I start working on something, and I and all of a sudden I'm, I I put it down and I get up the next day because time changes. I'm mm. I sit down at the bench and I'm like, okay, I've got an hour between me here and the next appointment or whatever, and I'll sit down at my bench for an hour and I will start working on something and I look up and it's been two hours. And I mean, honest to goodness, it's like I just sat down and boom, it's two hours. It's like it's like somehow time has folded up and gone into a pocket somewhere. So it's there are moments when I just hit the Zen state that where whatever I'm creating is creating itself and my hands are just in the way. And I find my and I'm watching it kind of evolve. I'm like, oh, oh, well, look at that. Hey, that worked kind of nice, you know, or that looks better than I expected or it'll open a new problem. I'm like, OK, well, if I put that there, then where is this going to go? So I, I never really know how they're going to turn out until they're done. Do do different mediums feel different? Does doing wax feel different from shaping metal or stone? Yes. Um, yes. Metal, wax for me is, wax is very forgiving. If you break off a piece of wax, you melt another one back on. It's okay. Um, metal is a little tougher because depending on what happened to it along the way, you have to rebuild and sand and file and all that. And sometimes the cleanup is more frustrating than whatever happened in the first place. Um, like I said, wax is very forgiving with that. Um, paint can be much the same way. I can be working on a painting and if something goes askew, I wait for it to dry or whatever and I change it and layer it. Or make a happy accident out of it. I it, it might, depending on what medium it actually is, it could change the whole perspective of the piece. But yeah, wax, so each each thing has its own 
each thing has its own inner source. Um, but wax is very forgiving for me. So wax is something that I've always, it's, it's, it's literally, it, it, like in clay, as you're, as you're building and you can move it and push it and pull it to, to do whatever. Mm -hmm. Wax is kind of that same way. It's just a little more rigid at the moment. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So you're able, you're able to, you're able, okay, I'm a Gemini. So this allows you to make your modifications in a shorter amount of time. Mm-hmm. Metal, you're like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, carve this piece, you know, this piece of metal, and you and you're carving and you're sanding and you're shaping, and something goes askew, and it's kind of a do-over, because or you have to melt a new, you know, okay, it's a do-over. Wax, it's not, and so if I can be in the middle of a something and go, oh, I'm gonna put the legs over here, I can go zip zip, cut cut, move move, melt, ta-da, <laughs> legs are over here, not a do-over. So it it. It's more, it's easier to adapt to the mood at the moment. I'm going to go with that. It makes a lot of sense. So when your inspiration isn't coming on its own, uh, when, you're, when you're in a slump, where do you go looking for more? Um, I will, I tend to uh, go rock shopping um, because sometimes I will find a stone that even if I just look at them online, um, I might go to Etsy or eBay or whatever and just look at different rocks. And I might see one that has a specific shade of green. And I'm like, oh, you know, that looks like the new leaf green, like maybe something that's just sprouting. And then I, that draws me to like maybe a, a new life, maybe a, a fairy sprouting from a, a, a folded petal or, and so I do those kinds of things. Um, or I'll, I'll, I'll go to the park and I'll walk around. I might see, I might see something that, uh, the way the sun hits a specific item and it creates a shadow. Um, I, I'm rarely ever actually at a slump. If I find myself, now there are moments when I sit down on my bench and I go, okay, none of this is going to come out right. And you just know it. You know, if anything I touch, I will screw it up right now. The anti-Midas day. Yes, yes. This is this is one of those days. And and you know it because you sit down and you pick up a tool and a tool that normally you just pick it up and it fits in your hand. And one day you pick it up and you cannot for the life of you. You put it in your left hand, you put it in your right hand, you put it back in your left hand and I'm left-handed, so that's a thing. And then you're like, now wait a minute, do I use a file with my left hand or my right hand? Because normally left-handed, but what if I'm doing it this way? And so and I'm like, okay. It's time to put it down <laughs> because I literally cannot pick it up. So I might decide to, okay, if I'm, if it's not a wax day, do I go to the basement and what am I going to, maybe I'll solder some jump rings. Maybe I'll do, you know, just do something that's useful, but I want to say menial, something that I can use in my art without something that's going to be integral. Uh, that's not the art itself. I want to call it a supporting actor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I talked about that a little bit with uh, John Lenz in my previous interview. Um, uh, I, on days when uh, there's no words, you can still edit. Yes. Uh, on, uh, uh, when, when, when you can't make the paint do what you want, stretch canvas. Right. Uh, clean the workshop. There's always Just, something useful. There's, there's something you could do to interact with your tools and not fully disengage. Right. So you yeah and so you keep that connected to it, um, and you feel like you've still accomplished something because it's got to be done anyways. You've got to stretch canvas. You got to do you know, yeah, all those things. 
So that's what I do too. What are you working on right now that is the most exciting to you? Um, what am I working on that's the most exciting to me right now? Right now, I am working on some of my new bracelets that I'm making different silhouettes for. Because um, the bracelets that I've made heretofore have been just kind of an oval shape, mm -hmm. an oval silhouette. And I have one, well, I've got a few now, that are more rectangular in silhouette. Mm -hmm. And I have one that has it's it comes up the side and then it's got like little dragony wings off the side because you know dragons because why not, um, so the sides of it are more kind of little dragony wings and so I'm now working on what the top part is going to be and whether it's actually going to be a dragon or not. Uh, the second thing also because as a Gemini multiple pieces at a time, I have a piece that I've been working on for a while that is now chewing on my brains again to get back to it of a crow that has gears and wings attached to the gears and the the concept of it is the flightless will create their own wings they will build their own wings oh, nice. i remember um, watching you work on the gears yeah. um for, on, on the, the technical problem of them so uh yeah what i what i'm working on now is i'm trying to decide and i'm having trouble deciding because the the animal itself um has he's, he's there's the wings are attached to a gear the lower wings are attached to a gear the tails attached to a gear so my my quandrum at the moment my quandary at the moment is should each gear be match its opposite or should it not match its opposite um sh because if it's if he's building his own wings my first inclination is that each gear will be different because where you know where do you go that you get all four of your wings at one time you have to build them from what you have available. So um, there's part of me that says that each gear should be different. But then there's part of me that says for um, for continuity, at least they should match left to right, you know, whatever. So I'm kind of in a spot right now where I just can't decide. So I've stared at him for a while, and then I put him away, and then I get him back out and stare at him for a while, and then, I put, you know, like that happens. Because it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it took me 10 years to write the first novel I, I i don't criticize people for being slow yeah i mean it happens so for 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 our listeners i'm looking at uh a a photo of the uh the bird the in wax, question the the, the, wa the wax positive of the bird in question and that is that is stunning um except now what you what what isn't in the photo is now he has a little like a strap that goes across his upper back where he would be strapping his wings to his body but i uh, i like to make pieces like cuz the you don't always feel like you're capable of something mm -hmm. and so i've made fairies that are reaching for butterflies and it's and it's the idea that you're reaching for something that you already possess just look yeah, so the the jewelry you make is so much more figurative than i see anybody else uh making in this century <laughs> <laughs> um thank uh, you well art uh, nouveau yeah art, art nouveau they did, did they did a lot like that um uh thematically uh you saw more people yes and and but like i really i don't know that i've seen much of anybody doing that maybe i'm just looking in the wrong places but it, it's really stunning well thank you thank you no i appreciate that um Any any other uh, current or upcoming projects that you would like to uh, tell my listeners about? Um, 
No, because I have to shut my website down for the new job that I'm taking. So, for the record, I am not selling any of my work. <clears throat> but. Yay, non-compete contracts. <laughs> yeah, so. But, but what that does mean is, yay, I'm going to continue to create on my own because they are not going to be able to take away my heart, they're not, they're soul, not hands. Off your hands. Yeah. And they're not, you know, so which I say, once I get off the clock, you know, they can deal with what they deal with. Um so what I'm going, what this means is, a, um, you can check with my work history. Nothing lasts forever. <laughs> so, um, what I plan to do is work on things that I'm gonna. I plan to work on a bunch of stuff. I I plan to, in the meantime, um, create a stockpile of things that I can, when I'm no longer employed by people who have their their panties in a bunch, that I'll be able to say, okay, these are the things that I've developed over the last however long it's taken. And, which, you know, like I said, who knows how long that's going to be. I'm, I'm it, it, It's going to afford me to make some changes in my world, but I'm still going to be me. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm still going to do what I do. Compete, yeah. non-compete, yeah. you know, whatever. It's a yeah. thing. So no, I'm not working on anything <clears throat> except everything. <laughs> Word. On the DL. Shh. No. No, I'm just well, making for me, which is really part of that too, is it means that I get to prototype everything. Yeah. It means yeah. which I really but enjoy like, doing like, too. Like there there is a there is a artistic freedom that comes from being a shut in. Um I did not have any idea. Uh, how constrained I would feel once the novel was out in the world. Like, the only thing I'm allowed to do is work on the next one. <laughs> right, because now you set precedent. See, um, see what you did? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Damn. <laughs> um, that hasn't stopped me from starting six new absurdly large product projects, including this podcast. But, uh, you know, I... I... I, I I did lack of ambition early in life. It got boring. But diversity is how we grow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I would be a different writer if I didn't also do the photography. I'd be right. a different writer and phot- photographer if I didn't have jewelry as a day job. Like. Well, and again, and I, it, 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 it feeds it, the creative process. Yeah. We nothing that we do is is isolated unto itself. We are no. we are we, solid we are, beings. We are, yeah, we we. We are we are whole creatures. Everything right. we every everything we do, it, you can't isolate the parts of your life. No, your lives. And everything that I've made is fed onto the next thing that I've made. Mm-hmm. I got into glass, and I've started. I when I when I started playing with glass, I wound up, and I hate glass. I really do. It's like ew, it's touching me. But at the same time, I found that I could do things with it, so it became useful. But I used cake decorating techniques with it. I used you know stuff that I had learned with with the wax carving. So. You know, of course, one thing feeds into the next. There's no, we're, we, we, that's how we evolve. That's how we grow. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Is there, is there anything uh, that you, you'd like to talk about uh, as far as art writ large or your art personally before we, we move on to the, the, the final uh, question of the. No, I mean, I'm just. I'm 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 interested in what everybody's doing. I think that you know we're at a spot now where we can share and learn and grow. Um, some people find that very frustrating because you know it's like oh my god, what well, somebody steals my design? It's like if somebody can steal your design, you're not doing it right. 
you know um, but that that yeah that that's a much greater concern for people in certain vi- vi- strictly visual media right <laughs> right and you have uh, to be able to build what you're i mean for us as 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 jewelry people we have to be able to build it you can you can see it mm-hmm. but if people oh yeah i can make one of those it's like good luck i'll see you next week you know when you come in and go oh no it's like uh-huh Oh, honey, how did the Sculpey go? Not so good? <laughs> nice! And I love Sculpey, too. I'm not saying I hate Sculpey. No, I love Sculpey. Sculpey has a place. It's awesome. It's, but Really? What if I could ride with Precious Metal Clay one of these days? That's awesome, too. Um, the problem with Precious Metal Clay, because when you start to work with it, it will stick to your everythings. It will stick to your fingers. It will stick to your tools. It will stick to... Because it's really, you know... Um, but the beautiful sense. But the beautiful part of it is once it gets kind of dry... You can go in and re-detail it, and you can sand it, and you can... It's amazing. It's amazing. I've gotten to play with it several times. Back in the back in the early when it first came out, it was so sticky, it was almost unworkable. You almost had to let it get somewhat dry to play with it, and then it would crack. And, mm-hmm. But now they've got formulas of it that are a little more different. They're a little more easy to play with. And like I said, once it... There's one uh, gentleman... I've seen his, his stuff on uh, Facebook sometimes um, in some of the groups that I belong to. And uh, he does these amazing pieces with this, these leaves and these tendrils and these vines. And then he'll go in and once he lays all the, the pieces and then he'll go and like scratch extra details in that you really couldn't get when it was wet. Mm-hmm. But once it's dry, it's, you know, you, then you're carving and then you, and oh, it's a, oh, I love it. Anyways. Yes. Awesome. It's fabulous. You must try. Yes. Yes. Must I try. Will. Copper. Will. Start with the copper. It's, it's, it's less expensive than the silver. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. And uh, there's things I could do with the copper. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh-huh. Do that. How's tomorrow look? Just kidding. Tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow is booked. But, oh, oh uh, I see. And, and the, the, as we approach the day which we will not speak of, no, I, no, no. I, uh, mm. I'm doing more and more things for other people and less and less for me. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The day which we shall not speak of, I have to endure the music of that. Yeah. Yes, yes. It, I have found that it is now on hold music. For various things and so i hit i hit the hey yes let me transfer you to another department it's like jingle but off oh. <laughs> oh. can, can, can't we at least wait for the fucking turkey day i know right <laughs> i once i come out of my tryptophan coma then we'll talk about all this nonsense but no at least it, then it's ritually appropriate even if i still personally hate it but you know what's <laughs> but you know what's weird is we have completely we have completely um skipped over the day of being grateful we're skipping over the day where we appreciate all of the shit that we think we need on the other day that we're going to come up on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful that I need a new TV. No, you don't. No, you don't. You know, oh, I'm so thankful that I need a new video game. No, you don't. Be thankful that you have a home. Be thankful that you have family. Be thankful that you have people around you that give a shit. You know, be thankful. <laughs> Just be fucking thankful. Sorry, language. But anyway, just be thankful. This is a podcast, thankful. not okay. the radio. The SEC doesn't know I exist. Yet. <laughs> or do they? No. You know what? The FCC is silly and arcane, but as far as uh, national uh, organizations go, mostly harmless. <laughs> yes. And also, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, uh, I'm, this is not being broadcast over the radio waves, and it will not be broadcast over the radio waves. 
And if it is, whoever stole it from me can pay the fine. Bingo baby! <laughs> and they will have had it long enough to put a bleep in where they need to. So you yes, know. you're right. But yeah, so no, it's, 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 enjoy the day to be thankful. Enjoy the day to appreciate what you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's part of how we survive. Mm-hmm. If you're not thankful, you're empty. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> How's it does. that for therapy? <laughs> your, your bill is in the mail. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. You were this so This was close. a trap. <laughs> so how do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, Let's talk more about your feelings. No, just kidding. Um, so uh, to, to, to bring this to a wrap, what is the strangest, most out of this world thing that you have ever witnessed or experienced? Oh, you're going to love this. Okay, so um, because as I've said before like I, I i live in a world of weird to begin with and so i've been since you told me what that you were going to ask me this i've thought of several different things but yeah no yeah no two two things come to mind one just makes me sound like i'm like i need medication so or a different medication or whatever so i'm just saying um but there was one that i literally for the life of me cannot understand or explain and this is this is what happened okay so once upon a time, I was 16. I know it was a long time ago, but once upon a time, I was 16. And I was dating this guy that he had this lovely habit of every Friday night, he would be like, I think we need to break up because I need to see other people. And then Sunday night, he would show up at my house and say, oh, you're the one for me and I love you so much. And Oh my God, I made such a mistake and I want you back. Now, we would play this game. And again, you know, at 16, you know, there's this whole emotional thing of he loves me, he loves me not, whatever, whatever. But I don't miss being 16. It's bizarre. It just don't, just, if you survived it once, clearly you have. Don't ever, if you can't, yeah. if you don't yeah. have to think about it, don't go there. But <laughs> I know, I survived it. Yes, I should have gotten a medal. But anyways, so, um, so... One Sunday night, he was he showed up at my and I lived in an apartment complex, and our apartment complex had a parking lot in front of it, and so we were sitting on the far side of the of the of the parking lot, and um, he was doing his whole oh I'm so sorry and oh yeah I want you back kind of crap that he would do, and this this had been you know a couple months this has been going on so this was not a new dance this was not a new thing I knew what he was doing he would and he'd show up and oh he was the most oh it was so sad and he'd cry and oh and I was like every week what what you know what are you doing his car was one of those big land boats so it had the bench seats and so as we're sitting there and so he he's all in tears because I'm telling him that this is bullshit I don't want to play this game anymore. So he has the heels of his hands, he has the heels of his palms in his eye sockets, and he's leaned over the, the, the uh, steering wheel. And I'm sitting on, you know, on the front seat, on the bench seat, you know, ne- you know, next to him, whatever. And so I'm kind of sitting sideways because I'm trying to talk to this person. Mm-hmm. And so he's all hunkered over. And he's doing, the, oh, you're the greatest thing in the world. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. And, and yet here we are again. So as we're sitting there, and, and, I'm, and I, at this point, I'm just staring at him because I don't even know what to say anymore. And he's crying and, you know, whatever. And I glance over the back of the car and I see a light behind the car. And at my at my first glance, I thought, you know, because like, because back in the day, I'm just not going to say how long ago, but 19, so... Um, 
And that was 70-something, which I'm not going to specify, but it was 70-something. The police cars, they have little searchlights, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, I see this, this light. And, in the, and I thought, so, some, so in my head, I'm like, okay, somebody in the apartment complex was like, okay, there's two teenagers in a car out in the parking lot, and they're having a fight or whatever, and somebody needs to get out there and you know, break it up. So in my, in my moment, I look behind the, the thing, and I see this light, and I think it's a police, mm-hmm. a police searchlight. But in the moment while I'm trying to figure out, because I'm waiting for the policeman to come to the side of the car, mm-hmm. and he doesn't. And as I'm putting it together, this what looks like a searchlight becomes a larger football size ball. It, it changes from what looks like a, a, just an orb. It, it elongates a little bit to like the size of a football or a rugby ball. And at that point, I'm like, wait a minute, that's not a searchlight. What is that? And as my brain is, is doing this, it, it darts for the car. It, it comes straight at the car. And, 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 and I'm, like, and it's, I'm like, I don't even know. I mean, right even now, I don't even have any words for this. It, so it all says zoom when it's like at the car. It gets halfway into the car. It comes through the windshield, the back windshield, the, black, the back glass. But it's half, it, as it comes into the car and it's halfway, it explodes. And I mean, the car jumped. Boom! And blinding white light everywhere. Just this, and, I, and I'm like, what the living fuck was that? You know? Because at first I was like, I mean, it, so it, within the span of three to five seconds, it goes from police to what the fuck to boom. I mean, it's, huh? And of course, like I said, you know, he was all hunkered over and, and, and all of a sudden he's like, what was, because he saw the, he saw the white through his eyelids, through his hands, through, you know, so he, even, which normally you see a bright light, you just see the red, you know, Mm -hmm. of your blood or what through your, no, he saw white light through all of his everything while he was hunkered over. And he was like, what, dude, I have no idea. What was that? And. Like I said, the car the car jumped and and then kind of you know as it resettled back on its on its its uh its its shocks. But it was out and it and there wasn't any. I mean, I got out. I'm looking for you know okay paper. Maybe it was like a Fourth of July something a a, a mortar or some. I'm looking for paper because that's what I do. I'm like okay traces of something. I have to make sense. You know, so I'm looking for I'm looking for paper. I'm looking for for. Uh, device I'm looking for some sort of something so there was nothing and the fact that it came halfway into the car before it boom and there's nothing in the car there was no heat there was no and so part of me is like ball lightning except it was a clear night so I'm like okay so there's no storm there's no and ball lightning is generally I mean it's an atmospheric thing but and and I've heard weird behavior but not like that so I don't know what that was I can't I've never been able to. I've never been able to put a what what to that. I I I got nothing. Um, and never happened since, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that is the thing. that is right on the bleeding edge between classic orb story and classic UFO encounter. Right. That's, that's wild. And because it was, and and I I was sure that I would find something. Cause duh. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, no, 
I mean, I'm in the back seat. <laughs> I'm looking for I'm looking for burn marks. I'm looking for how to get through the window. Bur- running kids. You know, right? I mean, I'm like the forklift. You know, I'm looking. I'm, I I go in the house and I'm like, hey, mom, did you hear? And of course, she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, so I'm the only one that you know, me and this asshole, we're the only one hallucinating this whole thing. What? You know, it, it, so I don't even know. I don't even know. But. I mean that that's one of the two weirdest things ever for me. That that's pretty weird. That's pretty weird. That's pretty weird. I'm pretty jaded. That's pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that, and yet it's weird. <laughs> Who knew? So I've never. Yeah, that's a that's a head scratcher. And, and I mentioned it because I, I I ran into him a, a few years later, and I was like, "Remember that night?" And he was, "I know. What was that?" I'm like. Dude, <laughs> both. I don't even know. It's the one thing we got in common. <laughs> yeah, you're an asshole, and I'm not. But we still have this one thing in common. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I have never. But like you say, it's, it's, it's got UFO ish. It's got orb story. It's got you know the foo balls of yeah. you know. No, I got nothing. So yeah, that's wild. Thank you so much for sharing. Hey, no worries. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> All right. Well, and now you're gonna go home. And, you're gonna go home. You're already here. But you're gonna have. You're gonna have like this nightmare. It's like I'm gonna wake up and, and there's a giant white ball. No. You know what? Not outside. My dreams are. Let's not even. Let's not even, let's not even <laughs> go. That's the story for the day. But yeah. Yeah. No. No. Oh yeah. wow! Look at time. We'll move right along. <laughs> Jeffrey's nightly theater of the surreal. <laughs> uh, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, so, we no, I'm yeah. sure we have. Yeah, we're both. Remember the time when the cat walked in the room? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a great time. I look forward to seeing what you make next, and uh, good luck in the new job. Yay! Thank you.